Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, Naughty Monkeys, it's Sandra here, um, and welcome to the show. Uh, of several things before we get started. Um, first of all, San Diego Comic Con is this weekend, and Saturday, July 26th, I'll be on the Nerdist Podcast Network Super Panel at 1.45 p.m. at Horton Grand Theater. There will be a raffle that morning at 9 a.m. in the autograph area. If you're around, come by, say hi, check it out. It'll be fun. Um, DC, I'm heading to DC in a few weeks. Um, I will be hosting a live podcast at The Pinch, August 14th, 8 p.m. Topics to come. Tickets are $15 on sale now at brown paper bag tickets limited seating i can't say what the topic is because it isn't confirmed however just between you and me i mean you know keep it keep it on the download just in case it doesn't work out but i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen the topic will most likely be sexual hypnosis that's right baby hypnosis uh, i have no idea i knew no i know nothing of this so i really hope it works anyway Stay tuned next week. I'll definitely have an answer for you about that. Uh, Then on Friday, August 15th in Alexandria, just south of D.C., I'll be teaching Booty Basics in celebration of Anal August. Um, Sorry, last week, by the way, I did say the wrong date, so it is August 15th of Friday at Lotus Blooms. You can find the ticket link at sexnerdsunder.com or go to lotusbloomsalexandria.com for more info. Also in August, near D.C., the Sex Geek Summer Camp. That's August 9th through 13th. It's two and a half hours east of D.C. It's at a beautiful uh, campsite that should have pretty uh, mellow uh, summer weather. So that's exciting. Uh, my affiliate link is on my event section of the sexnerdsunder.com website. Um, this camp is for people who are entrepreneurs and want to get into sex ed, uh, all, the, all that whole world. Um, this is for you, and it's a sliding scale from, I think, about $500 up to about $1,100. Um, it's worth it, period. And I will be talking about podcasting and showbiz, since so much of my life experience is around Hollywood and things related to such things. Okay, um, I will be in August... Uh, <laughs> I will be in Austin, Texas at the end of September. I don't have any announcements specifically for that, but mark your calendars. And New York City. I will be teaching Boning 101, one of my most popular workshops, October 10th at 7 p.m. As part of New York Comic Con Super Week, it will be at Madam X's, and the link is on my website. You can also, of course, Google New York Comic Con Super Week, and it will most likely pop up. Ah. And now, a word from something really neat that happened. Um, someone let me know, I was just in po- Portland, had a freaking fantastic time. And someone let me know that um, Laszlo, my guest from a previous episode called Getting Late at Burning Man, uh, called in to Savage Lovecast, uh, episode 403, because someone on a previous episode had complained about the episode, saying that he had said stuff about how it was okay to rape people, or like that would happen at the Orgy Dome, or like things that... As he said, a reasonable person wouldn't conclude from the episode. So I don't know if you listened to that episode, but if you check out Savage Lovecast episode 403, his call starts at about 41 minutes and 45 seconds in. So it was delightful. And he just says such wonderful things um, that um, I think it's it's worth taking a gander, taking an auditory gander, gander. Okay, I should also mention that uh, Sex Nerd Sandra t-shirts, totes, and stickers are still available at MerchTable.com. I'm enjoying that folks are starting to realize how cool these stickers are because you can peel off just the little logo and put it on things and it looks great. It looks really great like on um, journals and things. So anyway, let's get into the show. Uh, first, I've got a little intro with comedian Kurt Brownoller, and then we get into it with Matt Kravicki and Bronwyn Keller of Synthetics. Love dolls, my friends. Love dolls. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are all these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Hi, Kurt Brownoller. Great. Excellent pronunciation. Thank really you. nice job. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for having me at the oh. show. Okay, so this is just quick fire. Quick this fire. A, let's do it. What do you think of sex dolls? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Like you know the ones that uh, have uh, like metal skeletons and yeah, no, move they're just, around and they're, they're just, really expensive. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's just um, they satisfy a need, and the need is ve- is sad. 
That's a sad. Really, you think it's sad? I think so. I mean, like if you have to get a sex doll and pay that much money for it, mm-hmm. you're probably not interacting with real human women very often. It's possible. Yeah, I think you can. Uh, you, it's a place for a lot of projection of desire to just be placed upon, so that you can kind of create a world for them. There's that whole like. There's a movie about them. There is. I haven't yeah. watched it because I don't do my research sometimes. <laughs> I'm a lazy sex nerd. Sometimes they definitely get excited. I mean, like those men have complete fantasy worlds revolving around those things. Okay. And I mean, I, you know, I don't want to judge anybody's... I'm a comedian. I'm going to judge them. It's fucking real sad. Like, you know what's not fair is in the sex ed world, is like we're not allowed to, to judge. judge anyone. You can fucking so judge. Like, yeah. Everybody judges all the time. It's so true. That's the one thing our brains are excellent at. Ah, I like to leave room mm. for other, you know, for, sure. for you know, change yes. and growth, etc. Please. Um, I feel really neutral about sex dolls. You feel neutral? Yeah, I mean, maybe I haven't, I haven't... Did you learn a lot of that stuff from the documentary? No, I never watched the documentary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, we don't know. Shameful. We're uninformed. I'm just making judgments based on my f- gut feeling, which is what we do anyway. No, no matter how much we learn, we still have that. We've already made our decision like seconds <laughs> in, and it was an emotional decision. I love it. Uh, no, I... Uh, the sex cells... Here, so you're neutral on them, but like, what about the idea that we're, it's, it's, it's the literal extension of objectifying the female well one i don't have any problem with after you respect someone and like them and stuff i mean like to me like getting horny and sexy in the bedroom is like of course you're gonna objectify your partner like damn you're hot i want to do stuff to you like there is a healthy objectification around sex sure and masturbation is nice because you don't have to worry about someone else's needs you can just sort of focus on yourself right so mixing those two together it's just i don't know like it and i've also been fascinated by real dolls from a very early age like, I probably found out about Real Dolls when I was seven. I was like, this is amazing and disgusting and weird and awesome. Yeah. Um, but, like, because, you know, I had disembodied body parts. The reason I asked her, yes. my new friend. Uh-huh. Did you get one? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one modeled after you, know, you? I met a guy named Matt. He's real uh-huh. nice. And he owns a company called Synthetics, which makes uh, sex dolls. Yes. Just, like, the same kind of uh, dolls as, as Real Dolls. And... Um, I went to an event and he had his uh, doll on display and it was like so weird. I put her f- my finger in her mouth and it was like totally... It, it, was, it felt real? Yeah, I could feel some, some like... Uh, it didn't feel totally real, but Are it definitely... Teeth? Yeah, soft soft teeth. Oh, it's soft teeth. Yeah, it wasn't super hard. Like it was yeah, malleable yeah, yeah. and whatnot and there was a moving jaw. Did you put your finger in her puss puss? No, no, I, I don't. It feels weird. I don't want to. I don't want to violate weird. her. It's I'm, violate her. I'm it's a not bit, a thing. It's a piece of plastic. I'm a bit of anim, an animist. An, you know? an, an anatomist. No, uh, I'm a bit of an animist. An, oh, animist. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. I don't know. Like, yeah, I just. I mean, like, what if I fingered this table? Would you <laughs> no, be upset? Don't do it, I'm Kurt. doing it right now. Dude, I'm fingering this stop table. Stop it! <laughs> I don't like it. Monica, it's not nice. Don't, we shouldn't. Let's cut this out. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I'm going to interview him. And he was like, you want to come to the factory? I was like, I'm not ready yet. I needed to first talk to you. So I haven't interviewed him yet, but yeah. I'm excited. I just wanted to get your take on it. Cause- well, I mean, here's, here's what I think sex dolls could be useful mm-hmm. for pedophiles. Make sure. little boy and little girl sex dolls so that pedophiles can fuck these little boys and little girls that are dolls and not go out and hurt kids. Boom. That- fine. I'm fine with that. Which would is probably coming down on a weird side on sex dolls. <laughs> Fine with little boy, little girl sex dolls. Kind of uncomfortable with female, adult female sex dolls. Interesting. Because are there adult male sex dolls? Hell yeah, there are. There are? Yeah, uh, I think Do it's a newer thing. Do you pump up their boner? Like no, they, with a little they, pump? Um, from what I understand. From what, from what you understand. Uh, gathered uh, from the internet. Uh-huh. It, there's a, like if you think about the cock and balls, the base where it go into the body, it, it has a ball joint and mm-hmm. kind of like a Barbie's head that you pop into the Barbie like you can pop it into oh so you that take socket. the soft dick off and pop the hard dick on I I mean I I think there's a soft and a hard option but I just know you can choose sizes like remember oh, you okay can you can switch it out sizes. and whatnot I yeah I I think of sex doll like those sex dolls is kind of cool for um for threesomes with couples that don't want to actually bring in a third person <laughs> <laughs> No, it never did. (laughs) Because that's so weird. Because, like, the one thing about threesomes is, like, that you worry about, like, if one person's spending too much time on another person, if the other person gets Uh their feelings hurt, if the guy's just fucking with sex doll (laughs) and ignoring his girlfriend, it's such a red flag. Oh, God. (laughs) I I think about all the dirty talk, like the role play, or, like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think... 
the things happening in my brain. I, don't, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the guy who talks to customers and customer yeah. make sex dolls. And we'll, and but here's the deal. Isn't like the idea that's exciting about a threesome is that it's like violating some sort of, you know, like there's a nervousness about this other human being being there. And to have just a sex doll, it's not really. It's like like throwing a fleshlight into a I, sex area. I feel like I should tell you a dirty story. All right. Friend, Great. Uh, Let's get into it. We, <laughs> How deep do you want to go? Um, so I have a friend. Yes. Uh, and she and her uh, boyfriend went away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And she... Is uh, her friend named... Is your friend named you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I was kind of in shock at how amazing this was, uh-huh. like what she told me. Which is that they brought this... There's, um, there's a type of... If you... There are all sorts of masturbatory devices for, for guys. And there's one where it's kind of a cross-section of an ass. I think it's called the perfect ass. Uh-huh. And it, it, it's just like a, like a cross-section where it just sits like on a bed or table. And it just like it's an ass that up, just coming kind of up out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And I think there's two penetrative holes. Okay, so it's there, right? Right. So she and her partner, to, because they both wanted to double-team someone else, uh-huh. they took this on their weekend away, put it on the bed, and pretended that there was a hole cut in the bed and that they had a slave stuck in, like, for just for their pleasure uh-huh. coming out of the bed. And they role-played this whole thing where they were both, like, taking They wanted the to slave. double penetrate somebody? Or, like, like both, her peg, him, yeah, peg somebody and... I don't know. The, I didn't get okay. too deep into what they did, but I, I imagine it was something like she was probably bossing him around to do the slave who was coming out of uh-huh. the bed. Yeah. And I mean, there was probably some power dynamic Was it any good? There. Was it at fun? Did she like it? Uh, her eyes were lit up like 4th of July. Like, oh, that. Wow. It was a great time. Okay. I mean, it was, I was just like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know. Like, people are creative. So anyway, I just, that stuck in my mind is like the possibilities of what you can do. Yeah. Not a third person, third person. Yeah, that's um, true. But at the same time, it's, yes, also people who don't get a whole lot of companionship. I guess also I don't like, um, I don't really go for fantasy, I guess, like in the bedroom. Okay. And so it doesn't, yeah, it feels, I can't get over the uh, sense of silliness. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's, totally. it just feels so silly to me that I, it's, it's not erotic. Um, it just feels silly. Do you know what I mean? Maybe because like I spend, so much of my normal day making pretend, uh-huh. you know, that like then when we do an intimate mm. thing to make pretend feels like, I know what this is. This is pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> right. Being present, that's, that's a, an important superpower in itself yeah. is yeah. to just enjoy the moment. I guess I'm so too present all the time. Like I need to do more. <laughs> improv or something you know like right. i'm trying that's to, like, what it feels like to me that's exactly what it feels like to me i did years and years and years of improv i taught improv and it feels to me like we're doing a weird improv game you know and that just feels inherently silly you don't bring your improv skills into well i guess not you have, i mean like sex but like love or just a life remaining. yeah life into oh your life. life yeah life. Mm, cool well <laughs> thank you for talking to me about this subject i i is this the quick hit this is the quick hit boom but we did it. We just put this, it goes right on the radio. Yeah, right there. <laughs> cool, thank you. Uh, oh, I should, probably, <laughs> I should probably ask you, since this is going on, this is kind of coming at the top of a, an interview with a dude, where can people find you out in the world? Oh, uh, if they just Google Kurt Comedy, they'll uh-huh. find me. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Tumblr, I'm on Facebook, I'm on, I got everything. But the main thing I want people to go to is my Indiegogo. Right now we're trying to raise... Uh, $50,000 to send 500 goats and 1,000 chickens to Africa. How long is that going on for? Uh, we got about 25 more days. <gasps> okay, and people will definitely hear about this. Yeah, it's like jet skiing for goats. Uh, yeah, I jet skied from Chicago to New Orleans. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, it was, wait, it's in my brain because I, I see you on Instagram and there were all these amazing pictures of you in a, a tux wetsuit on yeah. a jet ski. Mm-hmm. Was I hallucinating? That nope, actually happened, right? That is right? true. Yeah, it oh, really okay. happened. It's called, don't, don't tell me, rabble rousing. No, <laughs> rumble housing. No. It's very close. Rough. Rough fisting. Oh, so close. Roused about. Roused about. Okay, yes. Cool. So Indiegogo. And yeah. People just look Kurt comedy. Just jet ski for goats. Oh, yeah, okay. You'll find it. Yeah. And I love uh, Heifer. Heifer? Is Heifer that- International. Yeah, that's the, that's the charity that gets all the money. Yeah. Yeah. I want to buy someone a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Get buy a cow goat. together. Get no, goat. goats. Goats and chickens. I mean, I'm already buying 500 goats. I can't afford yeah. any more goats. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. Matt Kravicki. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's I always nice feel to be here. It's, it's good to, it's, 
I'm good to be here. I'm glad. Look, I walked in expecting a home and I walked in seeing a lot of sex dolls. Yes, you did. And that, that was my first time walking into a, uh, sex doll factory. Would you, would you call that a sex doll factory? Uh, we refer to them as mannequins or art pieces, but they okay. are used, you know. These are the things I need to know. Yeah, it's Because right. you are the, uh, what do I call you? The co-owner or the owner, no, the creator no, I'm, and I'm founder, the, I'm the, the artist? Maker. I'm the maker. I'm the artist, yeah. I'm of the, synthetics. Uh, of synthetics, yeah. Which is? Um, which is, I would say, we are the most lifelike, um, anatomically correct silicone dolls available in the market in the world. We came into this business with a different mindset than a lot of the other companies who make specifically sex dolls. Okay. Um, we came in with more of an art kind of angle. We really wanted to create high-end art pieces that could be used as sex devices, sex models, sex toys, whatever. Obviously, we do a lot of just sex toys because mm-hmm. it does complement the market that we're in. Um, but as far as the dolls are concerned, it was, it was more, more based on the high end art aspect of the, what we could create. Okay. Now I, I mean, being a, a budding sex nerd in mm-hmm. the Southern California <laughs> area, I heard about real dolls yep. and that was the one that was known. I don't know, I guess since the nineties or yeah. whenever it was, I think I was like 12 and I was like, what? And I've always been fascinated by this idea. I did not see Lars and the real girl, that movie. Oh, you should. I, I know. It's, I'm realizing for this episode, maybe before I release this, I need no, to watch that. No, I think it just even even moving forward, I think you probably should because it's really a sweet story. It's probably the sweetest story uh, as far as doll ownership is concerned. Mm-hmm. Most people that want to do like whether it's a documentary and they're all shockumentaries, they all want to focus on how strange the client is mm-hmm. and how weird and how creepy they are, and mm-hmm. you know. But Lars was a very sweet story. It had a really heartwarming sort of um, take on doll ownership. And it was actually kind of, you know, kind of point on with some clients. Not oh, really? all. Okay. Yeah, not, not all clients. You can't, you can't really stereotype and say that every client is alike, but it was a really heartwarming and sweet story. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I'd recommend it for sure. All right. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I, I think I thought... Because I, I get emotionally impacted by films mm-hmm. easily. Just any little thing. I'm like, oh. So I was afraid that I would be sad. But it sounds like you, know, you sold it to me because I like heartwarming. Yeah. I'm addicted to heartwarming. All right. Well, you'll love it. Fuzzy, cuddly all day long. <laughs> okay. If you want a doll to cuddle with while you're watching it, let me know. We can hook that up. We can make that work. Yeah, because I walked in and there were uh, two men and two women just yeah. hanging out right there. Yeah. Um, okay. I There are so many questions. Um, you okay if I just fire them at you and we just get this? You did mention that you're a creator, an artist. Um, these are art pieces that you can also have sex with. Mm -hmm. Why, why? Why did I get into making dolls? Yes. I mean, were you a sculptor before? Yeah. Yeah. Was there a fascination with that? I guess some people would call it the uncanny valley, like something that can try and be as realistic as possible. For me, um, my background was mass market Halloween product. I okay. For, yeah, I worked for companies down in San Diego. Um, I was hired right out of college. I went to art school in Pittsburgh. I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And right out of um, graduation, I was hired to come to a company out in San Diego and head up their sculpting division. And we were doing high-end and low-end um, licensed and proprietary Halloween goods. Mm-hmm. I did that for about 16 or 17 years. Mm-hmm. And when I first started doing it, it was really cool. It was really great. We worked on really fun projects and fun licenses, and it was it was neat. By the end of it, I got really tired of, as an artist, we put all of our heart and soul in the development of really cool pieces. Mm-hmm. And it, it would be sent off to China or to Mexico to be mass-produced. Mm-hmm. And what ended up coming back to the shelf was really... It was just such a poor representation of oh, what like you'd sculpt it, you'd create it, and yeah, then we would just... do all the pre-production in San Diego. We would make all of the stuff up to and including the master tooling and the mm-hmm. paint masters to go to China, and then uh, they would do all the production and bring it all back. And it would end up at Walmart and Kmart and Target and Spencer's Gifts and all of the places. And sometimes it was really great, but for the most part, it was kind of a little soul destroying as an artist because you'd see this stuff that you really put your 
you're all into. And it just was a, it was a, 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 just a minor shadow of what you really wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, the dolls, you know, it's a, it's a market that we can really control, um, all the manufacturing aspect of it. We do all the manufacturing here. Mm-hmm. So everything is made in this shop, in this and we're factory. in Los Angeles right now. Yeah, we're in Los Angeles. That's right. Fair trade, local. Yeah. And everything is done here. Everything, everything. We have our, all of our steel parts that we make are cut down in San Diego. We have aluminum stuff that's cut right here in LA. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of the skeletons. And all of the materials are bought at local vendors. All of the employees are LA residents and you know, some are, are trained artists, others are not that, uh, you know, just people who have come in and fallen into a job. And, mm-hmm. um, but for, for me, it was with this product line, we can really control the quality. It doesn't leave the studio until I'm happy as an artist. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so gratifying. And it's really gratifying. Now, as a side note, the idea that I've always been one to sort of, I don't know, maybe challenge the, the, the norm. You mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't really like to kind of just go with the flow. I kind of, I like to challenge the norm. And then with this business, it definitely is challenging to most people's sensibilities. And I think I find that kind of intriguing. You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is okay. Like for instance, I recently uh, was podcasting with a comedian named Kurt Brownholer, mm-hmm. a very funny guy. Uh, we talked about his, his you know, relationship and just a wonderful story there. What I also asked him about what he thought, knowing that I would come here at some point <laughs> okay. and talk to you, like, what did he think about, uh, I mean, I use, I think I use the terminology like lifelike sex dolls uh-huh. anatomically correct yeah um not feeling like maybe right now this vocabulary is a little <laughs> bit offensive i i don't know if this no, is- it's not offensive no it's not we, we we work really hard to try to get people to try to challenge people because it's it's the really easy kill for people to say sex doll mm-hmm. you know and so it's not offensive to us we are trying i think to i don't know educate people perhaps and make them see that there's so much more to it than just sex. Definitely. And I, and I definitely want to get into that. Um, yeah. but the first, first things first, Matt. Absolutely. first things first, um, to test the waters, I asked him what he thought about yeah. these sex dolls. He's very expensive, right? Thousands of yeah, dollars, several thousand dollars. Uh, lots of labor involved. Yeah. They start at like 5,500, 6,500. Right. Yeah, it's not uncommon for dolls to be seven to $10,000. And tons of, of work hours into creating yeah, these pieces. Absolutely. Uh, custom. And I said, what did you, what do you think about it? And he said, oh, it's sad. He just said, it's so sad. And he really just, and it was heartfelt. And I kind of, I'm like, okay. I mean, because in my, in my brain, I'm going like, this is so cool. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, why do you find it sad? And he just mm-hmm. thought that people who buy these are just so lonely and isolated. And just, it's so sad that that's what they need in order to, um, to have sex. And I, I totally understood that that would be where his mind went, but I didn't feel like that's the whole story at all. No, he's just scratching the surface of it and really looking at it through a, through a lens that's so, um, it's, it, yes, it's so myopic. Um, uh, there is a third person in this room and a, and a several cats, <laughs> uh, and, uh, she might run in and speak in my microphone Absolutely. every once in a while. No, I have to on this one. So this feeling that these are sad and lonely people is grossly inaccurate. There may be two or three occasionally, but most of our clients are neither sad nor lonely. They're perfectly outgoing. Some of them are kinky. I meet couples all the time who want to play, but they don't want to deal with emotions or disease or all of the stuff that comes with risky play. And they get a doll and it's completely for them as a support in their relationship. And there are also couples where the woman, for whatever reason, is no longer able to enjoy sex, but her husband loves her and he doesn't want to cheat on her. So they get dolls to play with together Mm -hmm. and she'll dress it and prep it. And then he has a sexual outlet. So I don't see any way that that's sad or unable to get a lover. And the huge majority of our clients are intelligent, successful, wonderful people because we meet them. And they have dolls because 
they're kinky, because they just want more sex than their partner will give, because they're super busy and they don't have time to date, which is very common in our 30-somethings or under 30. So... Yeah, your friend's wrong. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I mean, I want, I want to, yeah. you know, find out the goods. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm an investigative reporter of art pieces. Yeah, you know, it's, your- it's really, it's really interesting. I think that's um, probably what keeps us in the business. It's the psychology aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting because when I first came into this business. I wasn't sure what I was going to get into. You know, I was like, I don't really know, man. This is kind of a weird thing. And, you know, I had my ideas about what the clients were going to be. I thought they were going to be these weird, creepy guys as well. And then getting into the business and meeting the clients and hearing their stories and hearing like some some heart-wrenching stories, some um, really touching stories, some really just the having clients come to me and thank me for literally saving their life. Wow. Because that's the impact that their doll had on their on them. Um, um, having having a we had a guy come up to us at a convention and he approached Bronwyn and he said, um, you know, I've um, I had prostate cancer, mm-hmm. I had my prostate removed, and the doctor told me I need to use it or lose it, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not young, I'm not fit. And I'm a single guy. And he's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to find anybody to have sex with me? And if I do find somebody to have sex with me, I'm going to have all this head noise. Cause I'm going to be thinking, you know, I have a hard time getting an erection, but that's why the doctor told me I need to use mm-hmm. it or lose it. If I don't use it, I will eventually lose the ability to, to get an erection. Yep. And he's like, you know, so I'm going to have all this head noise. If I find some woman who's willing to have sex with me that, oh my God, I'm not hard enough. I'm not pleasing her. I'm not, she's just doing this for me. She's not, she's not really into it. And he's like, and I'm not going to be able to get an erection because of my head of noise. Course. And, um, yeah, he also couldn't use um, a condom. So that was because the desensita- desensitization. I see. Um, um, and all of that. So he was, he was very, very, it was sort of at a, in a, you know, had a conundrum where he was like, well, I, I don't know what to do. So the doll for him was absolutely a medical training device. That is so you know, neat. Yeah, he bought this doll so that he could. He's like, it's not. It's never going to judge me. I don't have to worry about whether or not my penis is hard enough, whether mm-hmm. I'm big enough, whether I'm pleasing it, how long I'm having sex with her, mm-hmm. you know, when I want to have sex. I don't have her have to worry. She's never going to say no. She's never going to not be in the mood, you know. And and he can go in with absolute, complete confidence, knowing that he's doing something for himself that's going to, you know, extend his sex life. Yeah. Which is really, that was awesome to me. I was really yeah. blown away by that. It's amazing. Right? I do have a side question that mm-hmm. I just, I need to get out of the way. <laughs> but it's the the creepy aspect. Mm-hmm. Because as an art piece, I totally get that because there's something moving about seeing them. There's something like just even walking in, there's something like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess in the way that sometimes I'll just stare at a mannequin, you know, when they're almost lifelike or like in that place where you're like i also really like the movie mannequin from the 80s <laughs> i think we should redo it with, uh, with one of the synthetics <laughs> be awesome right but like do you do you ever have the lights out and then like get spooked when they're in the corner <laughs> yeah, yes we were rebuilding the showroom about two weeks ago so we moved the dolls into the office but I come in and I work at random times, sometimes like four in the morning. So, you know, you're working and you're at a computer and then suddenly there's someone sitting there. And this happened over and over through the course of these weeks. And then Matt put the one male doll in the red chair, which is not where that doll goes ever. So every time I'd open the door, there was someone sitting in the room. So I don't, creepy is not a word that I'd like to use with dolls, but very alarming if they're not where they should be at all. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we need to kind of acknowledge that there is sort of like clowns, like there's sort of like, you know, when there's a whole ton of dolls looking at you, you know, from across the room, there are movies that, that have trained us to think about certain things. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, as Bronwyn said, we don't like the word creepy. A lot of people use it as their first word. And I think it's just because perhaps there's not enough words to really describe the accurate feeling and so creepy is it very easy easy to go to one um you know uh f- it's fun though i mean i like i'm not scared and i think i'd get used to it it's just 
there's something, I guess, because how can this not be alive? I'm a bit of an animist, you know, like I always talk to my stuffed animals as Uh a kid, you know, like there's a certain amount of, you know, oh, sorry, chair, you know, like it's. So a lot of our clients are like that with their dolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they definitely treat their dolls as as family units. And yeah, I guess we are as well. We actually are. You know, we <laughs> it's absolutely the truth. But I'll I'll walk past them sometimes and and bump into them and be like, what the fuck is your problem? Why you jump out in front of me, <laughs> bastard? You know. So yeah, we absolutely do. They are they are. It's probably why we're sensitive to the word creepiest because we we the dolls are like members of our own family. Right. And when I met you, it was at a body storytelling. You were yeah. showing off one of your dolls and somehow we got into the conversation of have you so have you ever used one of your dolls right no Uh and you talked about them like they were family like you couldn't no no it's it's on multiple things for me for one i like an active partner you know when when i'm having sex i don't just like to lay on top of somebody and and pound away i like an active partner i like you know somebody to to play back and push back and, you know, I like pushing people's limits and then pushing back and having my limits pushed. So I mm-hmm. really like that. I really like the play aspect of sex. Mm-hmm. So for me, the dolls don't really work for my physical play and they don't really work for my kind of mental play either. Cause <laughs> I, uh, I also verbalize a lot when I talk or when I'm, when I'm having sex. So I, I like the response. I like mm-hmm. responsive sex play. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, the dolls don't, wouldn't really work. Um, and besides that, yeah, they're like our family cause we make them, you know, right. we, we make every single one of them. Each one of them is, is unique. Um, they are, uh, yeah, they're, it's, that would just, it just wouldn't work for me. Okay. Yeah. Right, not even a little threesome action? No, if we're going to no? do a threesome, we're not going to use a doll. <laughs> Ron was giving me a look. <laughs> we tried. Oh, yeah? We did We did try once to see. Not with a doll, I mean, though. It was with a torso. We, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't with Bron the doll. Ron was in bed. She was reading a book. And I brought in a, one of the <laughs> little quarter torsos. And I was like, all right, we're going to do this, this thing. Because we do. I mean, realistically speaking, we've worked in the sex industry a long time. And I will end up with a sex major at some point. I will go back to school and get that. Mm-hmm. So... We do spend a good amount of time exploring with each other, and I think that's relevant to our industry and to our relationship. So we buy a lot of toys because you've got to know what's in the market. Maybe someone's got a brilliant idea. So we felt that we had to try, <laughs> and he brought it, and he, I brought it in and he was like, just right. like, all right, just – just talk to me or like you're gonna hold we're gonna have to me make or out let's or do something. something. We're going to have to make out. And, like, let's make out. I'm, I'm gonna, i got to try this thing. Uh, we tried. And it was a dismal failure. It was a total failure. I, I mean, like, I can I just... give TMI as to why it's a dismal failure. It, it doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. Like, we, <laughs> we tried with all different toys, and they're all too small, and he's just, it's uncomfortable, and he's annoyed, and it's hard for us to work with. So I don't, t- I don't like pocket pussies. I don't like, I don't like any, uh, any of the toys that I've tried. I'm like, are you? kidding me so any male masturbation yeah, anything it just doesn't work for it you it does not work for me no it's silly they're the silliest things in the world to me i just don't it doesn't connect uh, well it's not even connect i mean I, I but like either it's like a stranglehold on me or you know it's just it's ridiculous it's, I, I actually know of some sleeves that a lot of people complain are too big mm, so interesting. yeah it's a company called perfect fit huh, um I'm not familiar with them which is funny because it's not for some people. Good, <laughs> yeah, it's big. Um, but we, they have different sizes now. We, we get clients that, that come to us with the dolls, and it's very funny. We had to put a post up on one of the forums a couple of years ago, and the title of the thread was "Size Matters." Let us know if you're if you're bigger than average, if you're smaller than average, doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not here to judge you. We're here to accommodate you. So if you're bigger than average, let me know. And I can accommodate you when making your doll, I'll put a larger entry in it. Mm-hmm. And if you're smaller than average, again, let us know and we'll accommodate. I'll put a smaller entry in it for you. Do you use a softer silicone? Is it made of silicone? Yeah. yeah a softer silicone. silicone. Oh, okay. Around where uh, the entries are. I'm yeah. guessing you could create back door, front door, mouth, or just, or right. Like all it's, it's back door, front door, mouth. Um, but we don't recommend using the mouth as, um, as a recreational orifice. Um, mostly because we put so much of the artistic sort of 
bend on the face. That's where a lot of the, that's where the, that's the beauty of the doll is the face. Mm-hmm. And the silicone is very thin in the corners of the mouth and you could just damage it. You could just damage the mouth and it, there's a, no real need for it. We've had clients, uh, when I first started making the dolls, I didn't have an oral entry. I didn't mm-hmm. want to put an oral entry in the dolls and, and clients were like, well, you know, then I'm not buying your doll. If it doesn't have three inputs, I'm not buying it. So I was like, oh, Bitch, okay, I'll put them in. <laughs> so I, I made it possible, but I only made it like four and a half inches deep. So it's like, you know, uh, you can do it. Because guys were like, I want her to give me a blowjob. And I'm like, listen, it's a doll. It's never going to give you a blowjob. You could fuck its face, mm-hmm. but it's never going to give you a blowjob. Mm-hmm. It's never going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. It's a doll, you know? So. Have I mean, this is a whole conversation in itself. Yeah. Teledildonics? What do you call it? When teledildonics, that, yeah. Is that where you start to animate the dolls? Um, teledildonics, as I understand it, is, is having having uh, one device on, on one side and another device on another side. Oh, okay. and, and two partners being able to interact using some sort of a facsimile. Um, whereas if the woman had a, um, a wand and she could stroke it and the guy could put his into an orifice and he would get the sensation. Okay. It's I'm a getting... super fan, fascinating um, uh, technology. And it is. And I, what I was trying to get at, I guess robotics would be more yeah, of robotics, the thing. Sure. Um, people, I'm sure, ask you all the time, but they, from what I've seen out in the world, it's just not there yet in terms of... We're not it. there yet because of the, the actuators and the controllers and the computer, you know, the, the hardware and software combinations that it would take to animate a body. Uh, we're nowhere near that yet. Not for, not definitely not in our, in our price point. Go ahead. Just. It's about also with the wires and the weight. Yeah. So... Practical use is not the same as, oh, I can design this thing. So to make a doll practical, it has to be light enough and soft enough that people feel it feels nice, but they've got to be able to move it so they don't die because dying isn't cute. (laughs) And when it comes to robotics, you're talking about loud servos that are heavy and they require wires and now you've got to plug it in. And suddenly your pretty sexy thing that you could take with you to bed is now this incredibly heavy monster that makes weird noises when you're trying to have sex with it. <laughs> so it's not there. We're, it will be there. And we're certainly keeping our finger on the pulse of it. Yeah, and we play with new stuff all the time and had multiple failures already. But We had a doll we called her Lisa. Because she was our weird science, our, our like control model. So we called her Lisa. I said, and I she had some really interesting ideas. Yeah, she had some And really some cool of stuff. them were successful. But the battery is by itself was nearly 10 pounds. Yeah. And 10 pounds may sound like nothing until you're going from 60 to 80 now with the extra stuff. And you've got to lift it on your own. And it becomes impractical very, very quickly. So that's where we're stuck right now. Yeah. Okay. And that actually brings me to just some basics, which are like how generally how much do these uh, dolls weigh and how tall are they? Uh, our models are um, five foot three and five foot five uh, mm-hmm. for the female dolls. And they weigh everywhere from, from 67 to about 85 pounds mm-hmm. for the heavier one. Uh, our male doll is five foot nine. And he's about 108 pounds. So he's, okay. he's quite heavy. Yeah. Okay. So I have, okay. <laughs> this is very exciting. So there are, uh, you make men too. Yes, we do. And um, do you have to pick a size before you buy him or can you size change it out? Size of his penis? Penis, yes. Uh, you can change him out. He has a snap-on tool. That is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, wait, here comes a penis. Right. That's a flaccid. Holy, oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's actually, are- that's a packer. We do, a, we've, we've been really selling a lot into the female to male transgender community. And that's a, they wear these as packers when they're living as men. So, so stuff it in their pants to, so they have a penis. So they have what, you know, feels like a real penis, looks like a real penis. This, even the head. Under the foreskin even glistens. Yeah, it's got to be glossy. Come on now. Wow. This is, and of course, a packer mm-hmm. is a flaccid penis yeah. that you can wear up against your body to, mm-hmm. for bulge and uh, gender play, etc. That's an uncircumcised one. Yeah, and this one's it's beautiful. Like, And I, I like the way it feels. Like, I don't want to give it back. I just want to squish it forever. <laughs> we can make you one. Oh, man. We can make it when you, you could do podcasts with it, like, onto your forehead. That would be amazing. <laughs> no, I wear my pants so I can feel more... Uh, be all butch. 
Yes, yeah, something. Butch and I walk badass. different. I know I walk different when I pack. It's it's it's. it's you can be like sex nerd Sam. <laughs> you know, <so>. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I look great. In, I look great in a fake mustache. <laughs> I, if I didn't see. Oh, so this is how. Okay, so this has a. Oh, God, these feel freaking amazing, and there's a realness to the balls. That's I. Uh, oh my god! Oh, that's right. That's Brian, right. Brian always tells people that I make amazing penises. It's it it's. I try to replicate life this in one, every way I possibly can. I try to replicate life. So this is a little name tag on it. Yes. I'm assuming, is this the name of the penis model? Uh, no, that would be the client who the penis is going to. Okay. <laughs> um, well, this client is getting some amazing balls um, because, okay, yes, you do make a fantastic penis, but I can't get over the realistic nature of this ball skin. I, <laughs> and I just, it's I, molded from life. That's mold. We do, we do mold from life. Um, but I do sculpt as well. Yeah, the feel, it's five different silicones. So I like, I, it, I, I'm sort of like a mad scientist sometimes when I go back out into the studio when I'm trying to replicate something. Um, I will play with materials. I try to find ways to push materials in, in ways that the materials weren't really designed I, to do. I mean, I, this is above and beyond anything I've ever found in terms of dildos and something realistic. Like, it's just like, I can't stop <laughs> touching the balls. <laughs> like, I just can't. Can you just, I, oh my God. Uh, I feel like you're going to quote me now or something. That's amazing. Um, okay. I'm just here. Take it from me before I can take it home. Now, can someone just buy that as a dildo? Yeah. Because that one has a bulb on the back. I'm yeah, guessing you pop it into the bulb on the back is what pops it into the male doll. Okay. So that's that's a male doll attachment. And I see a huge. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, or a more. Uh, whoa! <laughs> this one you get smacked across the face. You that one, you're yeah, out. That one's that one's gonna hurt. Now, this, now you just handed me something that's probably about a foot it's, long. It's eleven inches. This is an. It seems to be an African American model. Yeah, that here. particular that particular skin tone is yes. But it's flaccid. Yes, we call that our gym dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, gym dick when you go to the gym and you want to, you know, you're going to take a shower, but you know, you you want to make sure you got good gym dicks. When you drop your shower, you're swinging, you know, a lot of meat. You don't want to have like a tiny flaccid penis. So it's what we call the gym dick. When you if, if that's what you've got when it's when it's soft, you really got a good gym dick. You go to the gym and drop your towel and be like, yeah, that's right. This is a, a, a cultural reference that I am not familiar, <laughs> not familiar with. Familiar with that? Thank you for educating me on on hey. uh, gym dick culture. <laughs> It's this one's see now I'm not like this one it just it's so big. Yeah, we do make that model erect as well. Of course you do. Yeah. I, I would think nothing less of you. I mean I would expect no less. Yes. Um and the balls now the balls on the other one seem to have actual testicles inside. This yeah, one's some not. don't. These Yeah, this one is not. This is just a single so we offer it many different ways. We offer them in single density, which is just one single pore of silicone. Mm-hmm. We offer them in Multiple densities where they have, like I said, five different silicones in them. They've got a, a rigid internal, a super soft skin, a gel, and then suspended testicles inside the gel. And I, then the paint. I've only come across dual density dildos mm-hmm. until this moment in my life. That's fantastic. And I'll tell you, give me all the dual, all the, <laughs> as much d- different density <laughs> as you can muster. Perfect. They're, they're not easy to make, man. It was a, it was really, um, that was really kind of a very complex system to design and then trying to train um, new employees to, to make them and, you know, trying to train mold makers, trying to get them into my head. Cause you know, when I start going down something, I just start breaking it down, you know, kind of engineering it in my brain and then sort of working my way through the process. Now, wait and, a minute. I'm just realizing that I'm, I mean, I get that we, Oh, there's another one. <laughs> Bronwyn just handed me, Oh snap. I have, I, that, that one with the name tag on it, I'm kind of in love with. There's something about the hang of the ball. I, I, I really like that one. <laughs> That's great. But it's weird because it's like, it should be attached to someone because it's so realistic. Like it's just, it's almost, yeah, it was. That it's we, almost that, wrong that that exists we, in the we world. Molded, that was our friend. We molded our friend. That's the way we met him actually. Really? Yeah. He was brought to our house from another friend of ours and he came over to have his Penis molded. <laughs> and he came over and he stood in our living room and he was wearing cowboy boots and he dropped his pants and he's like, I'm ready. And we're like, no, no, dude, you got to, you're going to have to take off your pants and your cowboy boots 
And then our other friend proceeded to drag him around the living room, trying to help him get out of his boots and his pants while he has an erection bobbing and he's <laughs> laughing like a schoolgirl. It was the most hilarious meeting story. And um, we tell it all the time. So I'm glad that we could tell it on the podcast. <laughs> now, I'm I'm all gaga for your your dildos over here, but I'm realizing that in terms of labia and yeah. the vulva and mm-hmm. the female genitals on your dolls, mm-hmm. I... I imagine, are people, is there that much We have detail? many different styles. We have many different styles. And in styles. terms of like the feeling of them. Um, so on the feeling of them, mm-hmm. no, we have basically two, two kind of softnesses. We have kind of our standard. And then recently, uh, it ended up being sort of a happy accident. Mm-hmm. I made one and it was really, really soft. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, this is way too soft. Um but one of our clients saw it and he's like, could I try it? Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Try it. You, you try it and you let me know. And he loved, loved, loved it. He's like, it was amazing. We're talking about the vagina, yeah, the internal? It like, yeah. It was the, yeah. So we have a removable insert where you can actually remove the entire. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense for cleaning. Yeah. So yeah right? For cleaning, for replacement, for, um, for variants of style. So, you know, you could have one with really large labia, you mm-hmm. could have one with very petite labia, you could have one with a you know, just, uh, really engorged clitoris. Um, we have them shaped like a heart. We have them, okay. yeah, we, you know, all kinds of, they're like snowflakes. Of, co- of course. Right. As, as we are as people. Uh, absolutely. But I feel like I'm hallucinating because of that ball sack over there. <laughs> And so I just don't know if, if if you've created inner labia that you know that like little wrinkled inner labia. Just I it, like it doesn't have. I know exactly what you're talking about. And with the very soft one, I've put a I've put a layer of sealer on it, and that's as close as I've gotten to the really to the feel of the skin of the inner labia. It's when it's got a, when it has a nice sealer on it, and I, some of these I did seal. So oh, we just got some vaginas uh, here in the studio. Were these on the table back there yeah this one's sealed so this is a petite oh wow so oh how interesting okay i don't even know how to describe this i feel like i was just handed a burrito a burrito (laughs) but then there's like an orchid at the end which is oh wait no it's a vulva yes so Um, this would this would be the external labia yes and then so it's got the clitoris on it and then the internal labia so it's the small that's the small labia. So um, when you put this in the doll, the outer labia are still There's on the doll. This, yeah, so, so the, this... uh, the external labia are, are part of the doll sculpt. Oh, okay. So it kind of cups it like that. Oh, cool. So it kind of – you can't really tell probably. No, on the, with in. the removable inserts, when you spread the legs after a certain point, you will see a little bit of mm-hmm. you know space between – because it's not glued to the body. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing that operates and moves quite like skin. Kind of smells nice. Kind of smells nice. Cool. I should, we, you know, we've tried talked about scenting them. <laughs> you know, making this. We actually, when we were in Berlin, popcorn. we went to Venus Berlin oh. and we bought <laughs> popcorn. We went to Venus Berlin and there was a group of uh, guys and girls walking around. They were selling a perfume called Volva. Oh, I'd heard about this. We bought I think it. I think I was. Eating. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we bought it. And I, I actually went up to a, a, a friend and I was like, "Hey, you got to check this out. It's called Volva." And he's like, mm, what? "Does it smell like it?" I was like, "Yeah, it really does." So I walked over to him with, I pulled the little stem out of the perfume bottle and I held it up to his nose and I rubbed it on his, inside of his nostril. Oh, and no. he was like, oh, no, God. <laughs> and he walked around for hours and he was like, fuck you. God, I still smell it in my nose. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> it pays to be our friend sometimes. <laughs> it pays us. It pays us and laughs. <laughs> We recently just filled another friend's bag full of assholes and Oh right, yeah. I that's what I <laughs> was handed okay. So <laughs> Yeah, here's an asshole. There I was hand, I I did receive one of these because you gave uh you were wonderful enough to sponsor uh body, body storytelling story ones yeah. in buttholes, basically. Uh, this and is, the vajankle. The vajankle. Okay, yeah. I can't even there's too many things. I can't even <laughs> handle this. No, so this is a a round ball with a flare with a flare on one mm-hmm. side that looks like a an anus. It's a butthole. Yeah, and so and this is what did I read online that it's like keep anything from getting in doll the doll. Gape. It's doll for gape. Doll gape. Yeah, because like I said, nothing nothing moves <laughs> like skin. So when you take the doll's legs and you spread the doll's legs, 
the anal cavity sort of stretches open. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, it's not attractive in photography. Mm-hmm. So as a total joke, I made this one night and brought it in and showed it to Bronwyn. And she was like, oh my God, that's genius. It has to go in every single doll. We called it the vanity plug at first because it was, <laughs> you know, it, it, you don't want your doll to be embarrassed in pictures by having this big anal gape. So mm-hmm. it was the vanity plug, but yeah, now we just call it the balloon. Nut. Is this an accessory or does it come? With- comes with every doll. And okay. then, um, we had an article done on us in, um, who was it? Yeah. Jezebel. They did an article on us and they were like, you know, it's not bad enough that men need to have these, these sex dolls and these perverts that now they got to buy a silicone asshole. And we sold so many assholes <laughs> because of that, uh, that article. I told Bronwyn, we should have an asshole blowout sale. We're selling so many assholes. It was amazing. Um, I, uh, I mean, I am, I find feminist theory and feminist blogs important. Mm-hmm. And, but I know that there's a line when people are just really angry and need to work through their anger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and, um, let's move on to a delightful topic, which is Bronwyn, you just came in with a whole bunch and set up a whole bunch of vulvas in there. Is that a tongue? This is a tongue because all the dolls have tongues. Can I, can I touch the tongue? Yeah, you can touch the tongue. You want to make out you. It? Look, look. Look how much it likes you. You want to make out of it? You kind of do, don't you? <laughs> no, actually, not even a little bit. I don't. You know what? It is? You keep in your pocket and then show to people at random moments. It's. I. You know what's odd is that it, it's actually quite realistic, and then it's 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 a tongue that looks like it's slightly flexing, like it yeah. can it could move into a taco or do some cool flexibility stuff, but it's not ready. Like the tip is just curled up enough like ha- like te- daring you to do something it's just tempting you it's 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 flirting with you i kind of want to put it in my mouth so that it looks like i'm sticking out my tongue but <laughs> I, I i i think you should but i don't know where that one's been so yeah yeah, yeah. this is it's uh, probably just been in a drawer i'm sure it's fine but still you never know and you have all these remarkable inner labias yeah. going on here these are the different sizes Wait. so this one the one that has the long thick back on it is actually the removable okay so this would go into the body and then um, it's softer than the body material. So this one's actually, it's, it's going to be more forgiving and more soft when penetrating. Um, but this is the one that also steps away from the body a little bit when you spread the legs. So some people want more realism. So we do a built-in, which is, it's glued into the body. So when you spread the legs, it actually spreads as well. So this one is fun because if you spread the legs, she opens up. And then you can, while playing, bring the legs together and then she'll tighten up. So that, that allows for more versatility in the doll for usability sex for sex play than the insert, which is lovely and soft and accommodating all the time, but it doesn't stretch or flex with the body because it's just its own thing. Great. So I'm confused. If it's glued into the body, then how do you clean it? With a douche ball. Oh, and okay, dish okay, soap. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Douche ball and dish soap. Dish soap. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your friend. But um, some people actually will get the inserts and they'll still leave them in the body and just clean them with the douche ball. Um, we use a garden hose because we're romantic <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We even we even use that on the dolls, not just each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we actually did shower underneath a garden hose for the first year and a half, year and a half that we mm-hmm. were here. Yeah, artists, we, they do stupid things, like getting a building with no shower, and so they have to stand outside under a hose for yeah. an, we a ran year hot and a half. And, we ran hot and cold water to the back, but we actually showered under a freaking garden hose for the first year and a half. It was fantastic. This is You get prepared for camping and the apocalypse really, really quickly. It's really good that we went, that we go to Burning Man, because it, it, I think prepared us <laughs> We're for... We're prepared for the dreadfulness that is showering under the helicopters that fly over the area all the time. Welcome to L.A., Showered under guard hose. Aww. So when you have the removable insert for the vagina, for the, for the female dolls, you can also slip in this instead, and you can take your female doll to a she-male doll. Wait, wait, So okay. it's fun for the whole I family. Need to take, now, this is, now, what this looks like to me is imagine a free, uh, just it's a, a penis and boomerang. balls. It's a penis and balls, but right where the balls and the penis meet, it's almost like, like imagine like, uh, you know, it's gun shaped, you know, <laughs> but then right at the top, I don't even where the safety should be. <laughs> they said there's another, there's like a tube that's protruding up in a different direction. That this is, this is anatomically not correct. You guys, this goes up. And so, so see this, how this slides up into the, into the female doll. And then this is the, the labia. Oh, this slides up into that cavity. The, uh, the, and then the, the penis is, is 
coming off of the front of the doll. The odd shaped long thing is just is the same shape as the. It's basically the burrito yeah, again. Exactly. Because I'm failing at words right now. I love but, calling it the burrito. That's freaking hilarious. It's firmer, and so it's just it's basically just like the rounded. Uh, rounded end yeah. for the male dolls so it's yeah, just an just, anchoring point plug. for the yeah, penis it's basically a plug to lock the lock the penis onto the female body so then the female becomes a she-male how neat yeah did you i mean did you okay i this episode is already like over 40 minutes long and we, I've haven't got, even, we haven't even scratched the surface right yeah and i'm now i want to get into like <laughs> see i want to nerd out about the manufacturing i mean clearly i have more information that i want than, than i can get in one episode but i'm just oh and look at the balls these are <laughs> they look at the, how i'm obsessed with, with I'm, testicles I'm, right now yeah i'm kind of kind of getting to understand you as a person and what like what works for you as far as balls go yeah well glistening um and glistening you know, penile heads underneath intact, the penile head we made just a pair of balls for one of our female friends so she's a burner as well and she called me one day and she's like matt can you make me a pair of balls <laughs> and i said um yeah yes i can do that have you seen the uh i think they're called the love nuts oh i don't remember love what nuts? i don't remember what they're called uh new york toy collective no uh, i have not they, seen them they're amazing i mean these are amazing but they're so they're a pair of balls with a it's like a cock ring with a pair of balls that you can oh, put over a dildo. Hilarious. Yeah. Or you can put them, uh, wear it as a bracelet, whatever you want to do. Uh, um, but it just, you know, it's just, I don't know. I feel like also medical doctors would want these sorts of things because it seems like in terms of like for training and whatnot, and they seem almost medically accurate in a way that I don't even know if those exist. In- uh, you know, we have talked to doctors in the past about doing medical training um, devices, you know, medical simulators. Um, I haven't really explored that market so much yet, but it's something that I'd like to eventually, I think, move into because, you know, also training dummy, training dummies for like firefighters or for paramedics. I mean, there's so many different things that these, that the bodies could be used for because they are anatomically correct. So there's a ton of stuff that we could use them for, but right now we're busy making, giving people orgasms all over the world. Now let's, Okay. I want to get focused on, um, I want to understand a little bit more about your customers because one thing we were chatting about before uh, we even started recording was that some people are collectors Yeah, and that if somebody doesn't want their doll anymore, for some reason can't keep their doll, that some people will like be like the wayward home for adopt the doll. They they basically take, take them on. Yeah. Yeah. And so people really develop very, very deep emotional bonds with their dolls sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the one gentleman that I was telling you about, um, he very, he very much did when he bought his doll from us, he really developed, um, very surprising to him. He, he was really surprised at how attached he became to his doll, mm-hmm. but he became really very attached. He also became attached to the community though. Yes, this is so true. So I think that was the shock. He bought the doll for a sexual surrogate right. and then, he found this whole community of people and I think she represented that as much as his ideal, beautiful sexual thing. Cause he was also a collector of guitars and he <laughs> thought of her the he same way he, he was a musician. And so he thought actually, of yeah. his guitars in the same way that they had names and personas. And then she, he had this doll who also had a name and a persona and a history that was connected to him knowing us personally and us going there to talk to him. I mean, we met with this client before we delivered to him. Yeah. We actually m- went up to um, Washington state and, and we, just we went hung to the, out. we went to the Chihuly bridge in Tacoma and yeah, hung out with him for a day and just, Went to his his house and um, yeah, we hung out with him, got to know him, and I think his doll represented a lot of things to him. And I think Bronwyn's right, and I think that's the other thing that these dolls bring. When somebody says that's very sad that these guys have the dolls, you know, I think a lot of people end up finding not only it's not only the sex with the doll, it is absolutely the community that they find because there are forums where these guys go and they you know they find something that they have in common with mm-hmm. other human beings, and if they are lonely people, they really find connectedness with a whole community of people where they can talk this weekend at our, we had a, an open house here and uh, a new doll owner never, never bought a doll before, but he bought one. He picked it up from us. Um, 
and he was talking very frankly about sex mm-hmm. and about the vagina and about breasts and about all of this stuff. And one of the other guys said, how does it feel to talk openly about this stuff? Hmm. And he's like, it's, I've never done this before. This is amazing. Like I've never felt comfortable, comfortable enough to, to talk like this, to express myself, to really talk about what's important to me or what I care about as far as that stuff goes. Cause it's so taboo and people are so hung up on it. And I think that's one of the things that probably Bronwyn and I also it keeps us around is we, you know, the idea that American culture is so pent up about sexuality and mm-hmm. sex. You know, violence is completely acceptable. We can have video games and movies where people are having That's blood it. and guts and everything else. It's crazy. But, oh, my God, full frontal nudity for a man on TV. Oh, no. How dare you? No, we're not going to do that nip slip. Can't have a nipple, nipple, that dirty, dirty nipple. Dirty nipple. Who's a dirty nipple? You know, but you can have somebody's head get ripped off, eviscerated, blood shooting everywhere. You know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll make headway when, when we see the full frontal nudity and a cum shot on, on network TV. (laughs) You know, it's. uh, Or nudity that isn't about sex. Or nudity that isn't about sex. Nudity that isn't about sex. Because people are naked when they're born and we all are naked. When we're just doing whatever we're doing, yeah, why such- can we not just be naked? Why is that? Why is a nipple such an issue? Especially, I mean, really, let's be practical. It's to feed infants. So, and it's and it's a genetic anomaly that men still have them. I don't, I don't understand why it's even an issue. But that's when our clients talk to us, especially me. A lot of these men suddenly have to talk sex to a woman, and they get really weird for about fifteen minutes. And then they go, oh, wait a minute, you get all of this and it's not weird to you. And then I know all the things about all my clients, <laughs> all the things, uh, all the things, sometimes like, too much information. Well, like what? You're going to give me all, you know, all there. <laughs> they tell me about their penis size because that's relevant when we're making something to fit them. Their kinks, their kinks, their fears. I've had men who have been almost in tears expressing to me why this doll is going to help them deal uh, people who are, have crippling emotional issues and they can't get past them, people who get a doll and then they call me and tell me, oh my God, I got this doll and suddenly everything changed and now I have a girlfriend, which happens all <laughs> the time. So often you'll find it takes away that urgency and that weirdness. So guys who really are pent up and don't get a lot of contact with women, they get really anxious and they're just kind of like, oh my God, all I want to do is have sex right now. I see a pretty a, woman. Oh my God, I'm getting a boner. And they get really weird and awkward because they don't know how to deal with those sexual feelings. Then they get a doll, and that's handled. You know, you, you've been able to come now, and you're fine. And then they go out and they go shopping for their doll, and here's this weird community again. So now you talk to your community, and you go buy your stuff for your doll. And they're at the store, and they see a pretty lady, and now they're not all weird because now they're going, oh, hey, I know what size panties to buy, and you look really pretty, and blah, blah. And they start learning to talk to women about clothes. Mm-hmm. And suddenly dating. And it happens all the time. One of my favorite stories was one of the guys was talking about, um, he's like, you know, it's really crazy. I used to see women out and I'd size them up by their tits and ass. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd look at them and I'd be like, man, damn, she's fine. Oh, God. And he's like, you know, and and I, and I could never, I could never like get a date with any of these girls, but I was always judging them based on their looks. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I get this doll, right? And I go home and I, you know, I'm always kind of brushing the hair on the doll and pulling her hair out of her face. And, and I really worked hard to pick her makeup colors and styles. And, and then I go out and I start buying clothes for my doll and I come and I dress her and, and I got to take care of my doll. You know, like that's kind of crazy. I like, this is something that I really have to take care of. I spent a lot of money on it and I really got to take care of it. She doesn't do anything for herself. <laughs> He's like, and then I end up and I'm out at a store or I'm out in a mall and I'm walking around and I see this girl and instead of looking at her and sizing her up on her tits and her ass, I look at her and, I, and my thought in my head is, oh, God, that sweater doesn't fit her right at all. And he's like, what the what the hell is going on? Or he'll look at a girl and be like, oh, that lipstick color is totally wrong on her skin tone. And he's like, what the hell is happening to me? All of a sudden, I'm not looking at women and basing, basing things on these really baseline judgments i'm i'm actually looking at different aspects and i'm you know or or sometimes i want to i want to walk up to a girl and just like her hair's in her face i just want to walk up and just pull it out of her out of her mm-hmm. face for her because it it bothers me it looks like it's it's gonna it's obscuring her yeah. eyes and i want to see her eyes more 
It's really fascinating. I would never consider that. I've never thought that that would be because it almost seems like it's they've turned catty almost like, ugh, look at her lipstick color now. But but yet it also (laughs) like I but I get it. It's they're able to see women from a different way and and get some compassion. I think they see them differently and they're no they're not so focused on on just the what's going to get their rocks off or what they're what they're just that base Cro-Magnon attraction to this physical form. Um, you know, having the dolls working with the dolls, a very interesting thing. Bronwyn's mother uh, and father had lived with us when we were in San Diego and her mom had cancer. And um, from me working with the dolls, uh, having to move the dolls all the time, having to position them and pose them and everything. I was the only person in the household who could move her without making her wince in pain. Because oh, interesting. I, I got to understand body mechanics. You learned to care for yeah, I got to something. understand body mechanics Someone. and I got to understand how to gently turn a body and be very gentle and and make sure that I wasn't applying force unnecessarily or being clumsy. You know, I probably I probably developed um a little bit more strength in certain positions. I wasn't awkward mm-hmm. in certain positions. Mm-hmm. But we had a client today who picked up for the first time. He never owned a doll. And watching him sort of try to grab the doll or pick her up or like work with you could see that he was really unsure of himself. He was really unsure of the, of this other entity. And I know three months from now, Oh, he's going to have it down. Like it'll mm-hmm. be, it'll be amazing. He'll have, he'll have dexterity with it. He'll be have, he'll have fluid motion with it. He'll understand how to move this body. And that translated very, very specifically with Bronwyn's mom and cancer. Uh, her dad would Fascinating. move her. Makes sense. Cause people can get, be so awkward just even yeah. in the sack with someone. Absolutely. They don't know how you never thought about someone else's body mechanics. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And the like, dolls don't help you out. No. The dolls don't no. move at all for you. When you were saying that at the mall they see a woman and the first thing that comes to their mind isn't sizing them up, I thought you were going to say the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, look, someone that can take care of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's, uh, that's very funny. Oh, God, I haven't heard that one yet. I hope I hear that now, though. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so- <laughs> um, well, Kali G, I, I hate to even admit what time of the evening it is right now, but you two have been wonderful for opening up your home and letting me come by and Anytime. talk to you. Where can people find out more about your work? Um, synthetics.com. It's S-I-N-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. So synthetics with the sin. We put the sin in synthetic. Ooh, good tagline. <laughs> all right. We have all kinds of taglines. The devil's in the details. Um, <laughs> yeah, all, all kinds of fun stuff. It seemed like a really fun play on the word synthetic, you know, and it's a little bit of a sin business. How often do you have open houses? Because you mentioned that you had a bunch of clients this past weekend. We do the actual open house once a year. Okay. Um, And if somebody wants to make an appointment, they can send an email. We do one meet a year in Las Vegas. Yeah. And that's by appointment only. So we'll go during CES since that's... Such a big show. Yeah. Your geniuses. That's perfect. Yeah, we go and rent we a house. T- yeah, we rent a house or we get a really or nice a hotel. And we take usually four or five dolls out and we do private meetings. So people who maybe aren't comfortable coming to an open house or who happen to be in Vegas anyway can come and talk to us. And it's usually about a two-hour meeting that they'll come in and we'll show them how the dolls move and they can change eyes or do whatever they want to do. So. Yeah. And then you know, throughout the year, we'll do different um, events. Um, one that we really like is Folsom Street Fair. So taking the male dolls up for Folsom Street Fair and penises up for Folsom Street Fair is an absolute howl. It's that's a kinky LGBT event. Yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah. It's it's the cra- I made um, Mr. Leather San Francisco 2012, I think, or 11 blush last year from showing him the cocks and I was wearing my let's get weird shirt and my kilt. And I approached by so many guys like, I'll get weird with you. How weird do you want to get? It's really just a fun event. Um, But we do that every year. Huh? You just like it because you get hit on. Oh, you know, everybody flirts with him. He gets hit on all the time at Folsom. He comes home feeling like a piece of meat and he smiles all the way home. Everybody hits on the big guy with the mohawk and the kilt. They all want to know what's under it. Uh, This is definitely true. Well, uh, synthetics.com? Yeah, synthetics.com. Okay, S-I-N. My goodness. Talk about a couple naughty monkeys up in here. Okay, um... (laughs) 
Well, I'm going to conclude this uh, episode with a go team fun and I'm going to go play with some balls. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com.